You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live on the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is like an 80 freaking degrees outside, boom shakalaka. What it the heck? It is. I, I'm like, come on. I mean, <laughs> it's like, what month is this? Do we even know? Not really. I, I, <laughs> they say it's February. But is it? Uh, yeah, is but it? so here we are, close to eighty degrees across the listening area, and I, Boomer and I were talking on the one of the screens here in the studio. <laughs> They're having an a actual record-setting snowfall in Minnesota right now, like like twenty inches. I could not believe that. It's, it's, that's that, by the way, that's a clear indication of how big this country is, though. I, oh, I, absolutely. I saw a British weatherman one time said that he he always knew. That he had, a, a, you know, that America was a big country, but he never realized how big until he came here on vacation. And whereas back home he might brief one weather front that covers the entire nation, he was he was watching how many fronts can go through this one country at one time. And whoa, yeah, all right, eighty <laughs> degrees. Hey, but it's also oh, you know what though? It's midweek. You know what that means? Play it. Uh oh, guess what day it is? <laughs> guess what day it is? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Whoop, whoop! <laughs> it is indeed. It is yes. hump day. It's it's like it's like camel hot out there right now too. But it it is hump day. You have made it halfway to Friday. Congratulations to you. Just take heart in knowing that you are halfway to the weekend. So yay on that. Um, all right, hey, listen, we got a great show laid on for you. Wednesday is not just the camel. We got the other thing you always look forward to. So at 4 o'clock on Wednesdays, just like always, the Grand Council with uh, my brethren uh, Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. They'll be calling in. We ping each other with questions and see what kind of conservative viewpoints we come up with. And usually we agree. Sometimes we don't. So we'll play that out at 4 o'clock, the Grand Council with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. And then I got a triple dipper. So hit it. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, a war footing. That's what I'm calling it, a war footing. We're going to unpack some, literally, we're going to spend some time weeding through what is going on in Ukraine, how China plays in, what, what what are the doctrinal policies, if any, that are in effect right now? Do we have a plan? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'll be honest with you, it's not good. So the, the end result is we're going to spend some time talking about number one of the triple dipper, triple dipper the, the war footing that is going on right now, especially in the European theater. All right, number two on the triple dipper, Skynet. Ah, man. Have you seen, Boomer and I were talking about this, this, this whole batch of stories I've got. Have you seen the amount of new stuff happening with artificial intelligence? And have you seen the creepy way artificial intelligence responds back most recently to conversations? Yeah. And then on top of that, they got what? Military applications? Skynet. That's number two on the Triple Dipper. And then number three, mayors matter. Okay, so a lot of us, we get hyper focused on people running for Congress, U.S. Senate, running for president, maybe running for governor. What about mayors? 
So, y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, maybe as much as ever in the history of the world, we've come to see in post-COVID world how much mayors matter. So we're going to talk about what happens to you, doesn't matter what size municipality, what happens to you when you've got a rogue mayor or a liberal mayor. Yeah, it matters. So that's number three on the Triple Dipper, mayors matter. All right, let me jump over to my comments and, and this will actually be a lead-in to the first part of the Triple Dipper on the war footing. So I'll start off by saying I'm a planner by nature, all right? I'm a list maker. Sometimes when life seems to be getting the upper hand, it actually even makes me feel better to sit down and create an updated to-do list. And when I'm really grooving, man, when I'm really on it, I'll, I'll make the list and then I'll rank order the various tasks and set my priorities. Well, I've started or helped to start multiple businesses. I've learned to do early on when you do that to do a full SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T, a SWOT analysis, to examine the business case in light of strengths and weaknesses and obstacles and threats. When I go to court as an attorney, I try to have a litigation plan with a desired end state in mind for my client that comes from, you know, having researched the law to know what our position is before we ever appear before the judge. Now, part of that's just me. I've taken, you know, tests and inventories to determine what my gifts and talents are, and mine have always been leadership and administration. So basically, I like to plan. And in the Army, planning was a big part of every operation, every mission, every training event. Maybe that's why I'm watching with increasing discomfort as the Biden administration just fumbles its way through foreign and military policy. It's like, it's like there's no plan, no intended end state, no understanding, no list, no analysis. I mean, surely that's not true, but wow. So in military planning, every young Army officer is taught to write and disseminate a five-paragraph operations order. I said that, and some of y'all bristled, right? You know what it's like to write that order. You clearly outline the mission, the enemy situation, enunciate the commander's intent, the intent of the next higher headquarters, specify your subunit tasks, your command and signal, your key timelines. I'm giving you a really rough version, but suffice to say, writing a military operations order is just basically an orderly and cogent means of helping to guide the leader's thoughts with the ultimate purpose clearly in mind. There's a mission. Here's my part. Here's what I expect from my own troops. And the dissemination of the order is also accompanied by rules, one of which is called the one-third, two-thirds rule. That means that a commander should strive to give one-third of his time to planning and then two-thirds of the mission prep to be given to his subordinates for their own planning. And then there's the ultimate rule. In preparing for the mission, at a minimum, always practice the actions on the objective, meaning that if nothing else, you're going to actually walk through, talk through, run through the actual fight as best you can. Well, I'm not seeing any of that right now in the Biden administration. Not a lick of it. Not, not a whit. President Biden went to Ukraine and Poland over the past few days. In a very tired and kind of dispirited manner, he spoke to NATO leaders. He said the U.S. is, quote, in it for the long haul. At one point, sitting around the conference table with his face literally sitting on folded hands like he was praying quietly, he kind of softly urged the other members of NATO to do their part and stop the Russians. Meanwhile, back at home, we can't see the end state. That operations order I told you about in the military, part of it was designed to explain to the subordinate elements of the mission what their role was and why it was necessary. We don't see that right now in Biden's policies. We have sent billions of dollars, but we don't know what the outcome is supposed to be. Is there a true strategy? Is there a milestone or better yet, a series of milestones? Who's in charge? Has NATO been given any additional instructions? Does our secretary of state have any special arrows in his quiver to negotiate with? Is he negotiating anything other than just playing catch up? And while we're at it, 
Can anyone even articulate a foreign policy position or strategy or a doctrine to which the Biden administration can even attach its name? I mean, over time, we've had the Monroe Doctrine, the Bush Doctrine. We've had the clearly defined Reagan foreign policy of peace through strength. We had the Trump philosophy of America first. Does anyone know, is there a Biden plan at all? Is there a Biden philosophy? I mean, if so, what is it for goodness sake? Because right now we look more like the rich kid who stomps his foot and believes he can just spend daddy's money to buy his next round of friends. America should never be in the position of looking like the rich, spoiled brat that wants someone to pick him for the kickball team, but that's how it appears right now. Right now, today, the United States is spending billions in Ukraine for a fight that we're not a part of, for an objective that we're not truly aware of, with no milestones announced and no end state clearly defined. Not since the Marshall Plan in the wake of World War II have we poured as much into Europe as we are right now. But keep in mind, the Marshall Plan, well, it even had a name, a defined set of terms. It had announced goals for all the world to see and believe in. The Marshall Plan, that was an American initiative, right? Enacted very publicly by Congress in 1948 to provide foreign aid to Europe in the wake of World War II. The United States back then committed over $13 billion, which is the equivalent of $173 billion in today's money. The Marshall Plan was designed very purposefully to rebuild Europe in the wake of the devastation of the war, and it operated for four years beginning on April 3, 1948. The goals of the United States were spelled out. They were to rebuild war-torn regions, to remove trade barriers, to modernize industry, and to improve European prosperity and prevent the spread of communism. So the Marshall Plan... Well, it proposed the reduction of all kinds of interstate barriers and the economic integration of the European continent while also encouraging productivity and the adoption of modern business procedures. The Marshall Plan, its aid, it was divided up in a per capita basis. Each nation knew what part it was going to receive. A larger amount was given to the major powers, as the prevailing opinion was that, of course, they would be the ones who would help lead European revival. So the initiative was even named after U.S. Secretary of State George C. Marshall. The plan had bipartisan support in Washington, where the Republicans controlled the Congress, the Democrats controlled the White House with Harry Truman. It was well-defined. It was forward-thinking, but it did have an end state. It had a price tag. It had goals. And the whole world knew what it was. And better yet, the American people knew what it was. The American people knew why they were being called upon to support it. The leaders of the American people trusted their constituencies enough to lay out the cause, the concern, the plan, and the price, and the American people rallied behind it. There was no loosey-goosey speech filled with platitudes about staying for the long haul. It was defined. It was defined by a speech that was given by former General, then Secretary of State George C. Marshall in late 1947. He said this. He said, quote, It is logical that the United States should do whatever it is able to do to assist in the normal or the return of normal economic health to the world, without which there can be no political stability and no assured peace. Our policy is not directed against any one country, but against hunger and poverty and desperation and chaos. Any government that is willing to assist in the recovery will find full cooperation on the part of the United States. Its purpose should be the revival of a working economy in the world so as to permit the emergence of political and social conditions in which free institutions can exist. Yeah. So I'm a planner. I'm a planner by nature. It's just who I am. But the American people, we deserve a plan overall. Stop telling us we just have to write more checks. Tell us what it's for. Tell us what we will achieve. Tell us how it impacts us if we do or if we don't. Is there a doctrine? Is there a serious analysis? Is there even a plan, Mr. Biden? The fact that I'm having to ask that question speaks volumes. 
And that's a wrap for the Right Side Way. Well, yeah. I, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm very clear when I say this. I say it all the time. I want Russia to lose. I want, I want Russia to, to put its tail between its legs and to go back to its original borders. I would love to see that. But you know what? you got to have a plan. And right now there is no plan. There's no doctrine. There's no philosophy that is guiding what is happening. It's all reactionary, and that's the worst place to be, man, because then anything can happen. All right, we'll unpack that some more with number one of the Triple Dipper, Warfooting. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. So <laughs> Dustin from Hazel Green just texted in on the text line. Text lines are open, by the way, 833-687-4448. He says, uh, he says the Biden doctrine, whoops. <laughs> I don't know if he means that the Biden doctrine is whoops or the Biden doctrine, oh, we don't have one, whoops. Uh, but yeah, that's, so there you go. And, you know, <laughs> And I, I want to be real clear here. Uh, I, I said it a minute ago before we went to the break. I don't want Russia to win. I, I want Ukraine to be restored. In fact, when I'm praying over Ukraine, I am praying for a variety of things, one of which is restoration. I don't, I don't want them just to have victory. I want them to be restored. And, and that's going to take some doing now because they're, they're, they're being ransacked. But that being said, the Biden administration has got to label a clear plan. And the reason being is because when you don't have a clear plan, you open yourself up to mission creep. You open yourself up to not being prepared for the bad things that can happen. You, you wind up having situations like, well, you know, uh, we've, uh, we've had Mike Durant on the show several times uh, talking about one time we had him uh, talking about specifically what it was like being in Mogadishu with a mission. That's, I think Mogadishu might be where the phrase mission creep came from. You know, the Battle of Mogadishu, uh, what, 1993, I think it was, uh, was a clear indication of an, or of an administration that didn't truly have a plan. And, and when they did begin to see things, they're like, oh, look at that squirrel, and they'd chase it. And then next thing you know, they're broadening what they're doing, or they're getting beyond their original capabilities, or they're recognizing they want to do this mission, but now they don't have the log trains, the logistics to, to, to back it up. And so, yeah. That's what happens when you don't have a doctrine, when you don't have a plan, a guiding template for what it is you're trying to do. And right now, as we watch the Biden administration just kind of fumble its way around Ukraine, it's like our doctrine is write more checks. And I'm all about helping out. I don't mind the fact that we got HIMARS over there and that, you know, Javelin missiles that are made right here in Troy, Alabama, are taking out, you know, Russian invasion tanks. But folks... There's got to be a place in there somewhere where you go, I'm sorry, that's not in the plan, or, I, or we need to make sure that's part of the plan, or we need to examine the plan in more detail. But right now, what's the plan? We're going to be in it for the long haul, fellas. That's not a plan. That's a hope. And, and I'll, just, I'll just be honest with you. 
Um, it, it's it's got to get better. You you can't you can't it, it's it's there's too much at stake here, and it's going to get bigger. Uh, it's going to get very it's going to get bigger, because even right now what we're watching, as I begin to get into this this whole number one of the triple dipper the the war footing, it's not just what's happening on the ground in Ukraine. There it is. No, it's NATO, it's Europe, it's the broader. Uh, Eurasian, you know, potential here as China is now making moves to come and ally itself with Russia. Why? Because they smell weakness. The last thing in the world we want to see is a Russia-China true alliance. Because if we do, then we are in a far more precarious position. At that point, we are definitely playing catch-up. Now, I think we've also seen Russia is not the military force that we used to think it was. The Russian bear... Uh, has been somewhat defanged, and that's a self-inflicted wound. Now we're 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 watching uh, sort of a ham-handed leadership. We're watching, um, you know, overconfidence. We're watching uh, a lack of um, of 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 quality uh, weaponry. Uh, we're, we're watching them uh, fall apart on the battlefield in ways we didn't think possible. But, but, more to come on that, because the last thing we need to see is them getting plussed up by China. All right. So anyway, all that to say more, more, more to come, but we need to know for a fact, is there truly a Biden doctrine? And if so, what is it? He's going to have his own. If he does, if he has one at all, he's going to have his own. I'm probably not going to like it because I don't like his administration's work on a general basis, but you know what? At least have one because a failure to plan is a plan to fail. And that's where we are right now. We are stumbling our way through providing billions of dollars and weaponry and other aid to a absolute, you know, potentially nuclear conflict. And we don't have a defined end state other than let's stay in it for the long haul, fellas. And that's not a plan, not a plan at all. All right, we're about to go to a break. Boomer, do I have somebody holding on the line? Do they? I'm, I'm sorry, you just tell them that they want to hold through the break. I'll grab them then. Um, yeah, we'll come right back. Number one of the Triple Dipper, the war footing. I'm going to break it down in great detail. You guys stay tuned. We will be right back. Right back. 